Welcome to this inspirational message from Pastor Michelle Lefebure. We pray you're impacted and blessed as you listen. To many, many other nations around the world. Uh, we have been blessed that no one has died so far in this country uh, amongst those who have been infected. Nobody's died, and that's a blessing. But of course, uh, they just repatriated, repatriated sorry, about 119 people from Wuhan, China. They arrived, I think, yesterday or the day before. These are South Africans who were brought back to the country. And now they've gone straight into quarantine. And there they're going to be checked and tested and all of that. So this number of 38 could go up. But South Africa is prepared. Um, even our, one of our doctors here, Dr. Senabe, Dr. Sipo, as you can see, he's not in church. I know he's been busy because he's, he's a, quite high in the medical field, in the government. So he's been busy setting up centers and planning and so on and so on so that we can handle any form of growth in this pandemic. So, as I said to you, one thing we have to be very thankful to the Lord is there is no death so far. And we're going to believe God that there will be no deaths from this virus in South Africa. Amen. Now, around the world, there is panic everywhere. Of course, because the world has nothing to rely on. But we've got Jesus. We've got the Father. We've got the Holy Spirit to work on our behalf. Amen. And in many places around the world, public gatherings have been prohibited. Schools have been closed. Churches have been closed. I was quite amazed. I know uh, out of all the European countries, Italy is the one that's been the most seriously hit. And so far they have 1,100 and something deaths in Italy. And I think something like 8,000, 9,000 or even more infections. I was quite surprised that they decided the government closed all the churches around, I think it was Rome, and that includes the Vatican. Wow. And do you know how many churches they have there? Just in that area. Rome apparently is a very big city. I've never been there. It's quite large. It's enormous. Including Vatican City. 900 churches. Closed. And I can understand that because they are highly infected. Highly. It's not like South Africa where a few here and a few there. But in Italy, it's widespread. And we're going to believe God that this will not happen to our nation. Amen. In some cities in China, the streets are empty because the businesses have shut down. And uh, I don't know if these people will survive, to be quite honest. I've got bad news for you. Those of you who love sport. I know there's only a few of you here. South Africa is sports crazy. Amen. I'm afraid for a while you're going to have to read your Bible. <laughs> instead, instead of watching international sport. Amen. 
because they, they've shut down all the sporting events and everything in order to contain the spread of this virus. Airlines, airlines are battling. They have shut down many of their routes because people are canceling their flights. I don't blame them. I wouldn't fly anywhere right now. No way. I wouldn't get into an aeroplane because you've got to be wise. Amen? Because you don't know who is sitting in this plane. Whether they are not carrying a virus or anything, you know. I wouldn't fly right now. And many people, thousands if not millions, have canceled their flights. So I know airlines are going to struggle. I don't know how South African Airways is going to survive. They're already uh, in, a, in a bit of a, of, of, a, of a thing at the moment. And of course, stock markets around the world have tumbled majorly. In a panic mode, people are taking all their money out of shares and I don't know where they're putting them, maybe underneath the mattress, who knows. But stock markets around the world have collapsed. 30% down, I mean, that's like a major crash. It's like very bad. So this is the grim picture in the world out there. But the big questions that most people are asking themselves are things like this. Where is this going? Where is this going? How is it going to end? So people are asking themselves those questions. How many more people are going to be infected? How many more people are going to potentially die? You know, these are questions in people's minds. And of course, the big one is, how is this going to affect me? Me, 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 me. It's a very important question in many, many people's minds. Could I be the one of the, one of the victims of this virus? These are all questions people are asking themselves. What happens if I contract this virus? What do I do? You know, is my doctor equipped to look after me? Well, he's been equipped to look after you for 30 years. So I'm sure he's equipped to look after you. Amen. But right now, in the natural we don't have answers to these questions. I don't tell you, I'm, I can't tell you in two months' time how many, people, how many people will be infected in South Africa. I have no idea. How many people are going to be infected in the world? I don't know. We don't have any answers to those, to those questions. But what I know for sure, everybody say for sure, is that our God is still in control. Come on, church. He's still on the on he's still on the throne. Coronavirus virus hasn't hit God. He's not gone into quarantine. Amen. Coronavirus cannot affect heaven. And our God is still alive and well, and he's still on the throne. He's still in control of what goes on in the earth and in the whole universe and all that happens here in this earth. Despite what it looks like. God is still in charge. Can you say amen to that? And if we place our faith in him, he will look after us. That's it. Do you know how many viruses are floating around the earth every single day? Billions. All kinds. Especially now we are about to enter the flu season. You know, a winter season where the flu virus starts you know, there are billions of viruses. But God looks after his people. Amen. He will look after us with 
or without the coronavirus. Come on, church, do you believe that? He is still our healer. He is still our deliverer. He is still our strength. He is still our shield. He is still our fortress, our high tower, and our protector. If you believe up, give him a hand of praise. That's who he is. And we turn our eyes on him in this time and season. That doesn't mean we are stupid and don't do what's wise. No, no, no. But we keep our eyes firmly on our Lord. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Azar, chapter 54, verse 17, it says this, it says, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on, church. No weapon formed against you as a believer in Christ. No weapon. I don't care if it comes from the center of hell itself and if Satan is riding and sitting on top of it with all his, his devils and demons. If that thing comes against you, you've got your shield of faith. You've got the blood of Jesus. You've got the shadow of the Almighty that is protecting you from any effect from these things. No weapon. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is the heritage of a servant of the Lord. Come on, church. Do you believe that? We, this is a time to exercise faith. This is a time to believe God for, this, for His Word. Oh, my God. This is the heritage of a servant of the Lord. Hallelujah. That means that even though the enemy may be planning to afflict any of us with his coronavirus, clearly he will not succeed. Come on, church. He will not succeed. I declare that in the Spirit this morning, and I declare it by faith in Jesus' name, because we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So should we be concerned about our health, the health of our family right now as far as this virus is concerned? The answer is yes. Now, this may be strange, after what I've said, do you hear that from me? But you've got to understand what I mean by concerned. Concern in the sense of being aware and being wise. As you saw this morning, we managed to put our hands on, on a few bottles of sanitizers. They are there in the front. I hope you all came in for your wishy-washy. And you had a little squirt on your hands and that you wiped them together. We've got to take precautions. Of course we do. You know? So when I'm talking about should we be concerned, and I say absolutely yes, I'm meaning in the sense of being aware and wise in terms of our daily walk, but never, never, never in a state of panic, worry, or fear. Come on, church. Don't get panicky. Don't get fearful. So when I say we need to be concerned, I don't mean afraid, fearful, worrying, anxious, and all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about concerning ourselves wisely to make sure that we don't do anything that could cause a problem. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, say it with me. Let's read it together. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
So we are not to allow fear in our hearts. I don't care if your dog catches coronavirus, you mustn't be afraid. You must still feed him. You must still give him love. Amen. Don't be afraid. Come on, church. No fear. No fear. No worry. No anxiety. Amen. Apostle Paul was heading for Jerusalem. And by the Spirit, he knew that evil days were waiting for him. The Spirit of God warned him ahead of time. And told him, evil days are waiting for you. Holy Spirit showed him he was going to face great persecution and tribulation when he got there. Do you know what his response was? I want you to, I want you to put that scripture up, Acts 20, 24. This is what Apostle Paul said. None of these things move me. Come on, church. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. None of these things move me. None of these things will put fear in my heart. None of these things will stop me from doing what God's called me to do. None of these things will stop me from going out and coming in and, and all of that and doing all the things I have to do and live my daily life. None of these things, but with wisdom. Make sure you wash your, your hands at least 50 times a day as Minister of Health told us to do. <clears throat> Get a bottle of sanitizer in your home from time to time. Sanitize your hands. And then, I know this is difficult, that one. Try not to touch your face. Ladies, particularly when you put your makeup on, try not to touch your face. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do that. If you get an itch in your nosey, try not to touch your face. Your face. Maybe God should turn us into, into giraffes, you know, they use their tongue. <laughs> I'm joking, but we must do our best not to touch our face. You know, you know what? I couldn't care less. I touch my face. Right now, I'm not saying you must do that. Me? When I have a itch here, I scratch. End of story, man. My God protects me. Yes, I wash my hands often, and uh, I'll use a bit of sanitizer here and there. But you know what? I'm not relying on these things. I am relying on the protection of Jesus and of his blood. I'm relying on the fact that the Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You've got to speak that. You've got to declare it over you, your household, your family, your friends, our church, all the people that you know. Paul was not moved or affected by negative things that were going on around him. And so we should follow in his example. Amen. His trust was in the Lord and his will for his life. That's where he had his trust. That's what he trusted. Yes, the coronavirus is around globally. We know that. And yes, there are 38 people, South Africa so far, who have been affected. 
But does that mean that life needs to stop for us and that we should close ourselves us in our homes until this virus disappears from the earth? Absolutely not. We go out there, we pray the protection of God, we do what we need to do according to the Minister of Health, and we follow instructions and that's it. And I want to encourage you, please, if you know people who are staying away, because this is a kind of a bit of a public gathering, if you, have, if you know people who are afraid, please encourage them, because this is a time to be in church. This is a time to pray, this is a time to worship God, this is a time to pray for those who have been aff afflicted, and so on and so on. This is not a time to stay away from the gathering of the saints, unless the government decides to shut down the church which we hope they are not going to do in this country. So how should we respond in this evil day that has come upon us? I'm going to give you a few things which I believe we should all be pressing into and doing. Amen? Number one, we should pull into God. That is above number one. This is the time to pull into God to pray for ourselves, to pray for our families, our friends, our colleagues and employers every single day. Pray God's protection. Pray God's strength into them. If you know somebody who's contracted the virus, pray for them. Put them on your prayer list. That's the first thing above everything else. That's what we should be doing. Secondly, we should refuse point blank to join the panic brigade around the world. Especially on social media. You know, that's where the panic. People say, well, it's the media. Yes, the media also, uh, you know, blows up things. But you know where the panic is coming from? Social media. Twitter and, and Facebook and, and whatever. WhatsApp and what's not up. Okay. Don't join the panic brigade. If you can't keep your hands off your cell phone and social media, put something positive on there. Build somebody's faith up. But don't join the panic brigade. Amen? The third one, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to use us as a source of calmness. You know, in your work environment, and I know many of you work with unbelievers, and I'm sure they're going around panicking, you know, we should do that, we should do that, we should do that. But you must become a source of peace and of calmness in your work environment. Especially towards those who have a tendency towards fear and panic. There are people like that. They are panicky by nature. They, they, they get anxious by nature. Be a source of calmness for them. Number four, we should practice good hygiene. Like I said to you earlier on, washing our hands regularly, sanitizing agents like this one, placing our hands in front of our mouths. Somebody said you need to put your arm. I can't do that. My arm doesn't get there. The least you can do is put your hand when you're going to sneeze or if you're going to cough, just simply put your hand here. That's it. And stop this thing from spreading. Now, I'm not saying that every time you sneeze, you're spreading coronavirus. You can only spread coronavirus if you've got it. Amen? 
If you don't get, if you don't have it, you can't spread it. But still, it doesn't matter whether you have it or not. It's a good habit when you cough and when you sneeze to put your hand in front of your mouth so that it doesn't, the droplets don't go. I was listening to a program many years ago. They were talking about this very thing. And they say every time you cough, every time you sneeze particularly, what comes out of you, which is tiny little droplets which you can't actually see, travel 50 meters through the air. That's, that's the power that is released. Travels over 50 meters. Isn't that amazing? So cover yourself, your mouth, if you're going to sneeze, if you're going to cough. Avoid touching your face, as I said earlier on, as we've been instructed by the health <laughs> department. Yes. Number five. Our faith should rather be in God's protection from this virus instead of worrying about whether we're going to catch it or not. Pray God's protection. See yourself covered by the armor of God. Amen. Don't worry whether you're going to catch it. Because if you open the door to fear, thank God the enemy is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at the same time. But if you open your door to fear, it attracts the enemy to target you. So don't allow fear. Refuse to be afraid. As we said, God has not given us spirit of fear. Then number six, we should continue our daily life with care and wisdom, not taking any unnecessary risks that could cause us to be infected or to infect others. By the way, depending where your level of faith is, this is the time for the church to actually go out and make an impact in people's lives. Now, as for me, I don't speak to, for Pastor Lindsay or anyone else. If you know anyone who has a coronavirus, I'm willing to go pray over them. Why? Because my faith is big enough. I don't believe that virus will come into my body. I have prayed for so many people throughout our ministry that have been uh, affected by hugely contagious uh, viruses. You know, sometimes people come to me and say, ah, don't give me a hug. I've got the flu. I say, come on, bring your flu too. <laughs> give you a hug. Okay. Why? Because my faith is at that level. And I've never caught anything from nobody. <clears> the <throat> only thing I've ever caught in my life is a few fish. But I've never caught somebody's bug or somebody's virus. So, yeah, if you know somebody who needs prayer because they've been afflicted by this, call me. I'll go and pray for them. I promise you. And if you have that level of faith, this is a time to actually reach out to those who have needs. Amen? Number seven. We should make a point of praying for those who have caught this virus that they would recover swiftly as we release the hand of God upon them. Now, I'm not saying, if you're, depending where your faith's at, if you've got any anxiety, fear, don't go and physically pray for them, but at least put them on your prayer list. Pray for them. Pray God's protection over them. Amen? Then number eight, we should pray that the medical work, uh, works 
the medical industry, I don't know how I've written works here, finds a vaccine against this virus quickly and efficiently. You know, they say it will take a year, year and a half. No, God can give this guy, whoever is researching how to do the vaccine, God can give him and inspire him in a second. And within a day or two, they found the vaccine. All right? Now, I do know that there is a process because they have to test it by law. They can't just say, okay, I found the vaccine, now let everybody be injected. They have to test it on humans. And they've got to make sure that they survive this vaccine. So there is a bit of a process there. But still, let's pray that, that God brings, gives the people the insight, the wisdom, the understanding they need, so that they can come up with a vaccine quickly. Because the day that vaccine is there, all majority of the world who are unbelievers, from that day, they will be able to contain that virus. Amen? So let's pray into that. God will use the medical world. It's not just faith. Majority of people in the world don't have any faith. They don't trust in God. They don't even believe there is a God. So let's, let's believe God for that. And then, number nine, last and not least, we should adopt a no-tolerance attitude towards fear, worry, panic, and refuse, refuse to believe false rumors that are being spread across social media. Just no tolerance for any of that because we are walking under the shadow of the Almighty. If you are a child of God, God has promised over and over again in his word that he would protect you and deliver you from evil days. Amen. Our part is not to get into a state of fear, not to get into a state of worry and panic, but rather into trusting our God and placing our faith in his word and in his promises. Can you say amen to that? Psalm 91 is a great, solid foundation to build your life upon, especially in evil days like the world's facing right now. You know, I've learned Psalm 91 by heart. If I can do it, so can you. You know, for a, the Word of God to come out of your heart, you've got to learn it by heart. Otherwise, it's going to be an intellectual exercise. It's going to be in your heart. And then when you declare it, you will be declaring it with faith. Amen. Psalm 91 is full of God's promises for our protection. He who dwells in the secret place. That's a place of intimacy. Intimate relationship. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. Do you know that shadow is like an umbrella made of solid concrete? One day the Lord gave me a vision and I saw this. The shadow of the Almighty, nothing can penetrate it. No weapon from hell, no weapon from earth, no weapon from nobody can penetrate the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place, who has an intimate relationship with the Lord, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. In you I will trust. Notice David declares 
he declares. That's powerful. I will say of the Lord, you've got to declare that over you and over your family in times of evil like now. You've got to declare it. I will say of the Lord, I will declare of the Lord, Lord, you are my fortress. You are my refuge. In you I will trust. Surely, that means without any shadow of a doubt, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of a fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Surely, that means without any doubt whatsoever. That's what it means. You can have an assurance. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of a fowler. What is the snare of a fowler? The snare of a fowler, one of them is coronavirus, for example. It's a snare. It's a trap that the devil's put in front of people. Because he hates people. He wants to destroy them. Surely he shall deliver you. We are the shadow of a doubt. From the snare of a fowler. And from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall find refuge. You know, a mother chick. When she has little chickies. They all run underneath her when they are afraid. They take shelter and she covers them. This is the picture of our Father. That's what He does for you. Right now, you need to understand. He shall cover you with His feathers. You are under His protection of Father God. Under His wings, you shall find refuge. His truth or His faithfulness is translated both ways in different translations. Shall be your shield and your buckler. Protection. You shall not be afraid of a terror by night. That means the things that you do are not expecting. In other words, you never saw it coming. Night is darkness. It's dark. You shall not be afraid of a terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. These are the things that you can see coming your way. You shall not be afraid. Nor of a pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Nor of a destruction that lays waste at noonday. You shall not be afraid. No fear. No worry. No panic. A thousand may fall by your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. Come on church. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. You know, these are wonderful promises from the Lord. But you've got to believe that you'll put these in your heart and declare it over your life and over your family, over your friends. Amen. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Come on, church. Do you believe that this is a promise of God for you? No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angel charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That means to look after you, to preserve you, to minister to you, to keep you in all your ways. That means wherever you are. Whether you're in church, whether you're driving, there are angels assigned to look after you. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall trample upon the lion and the cobra. 
the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. And one of his serpents is called coronavirus. You shall trample over them. That's a power we have as a church. And we've got to step into that in these evil days. That's how we handle evil days. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. God's promise. He doesn't say maybe sometimes whether he's been good, he's not been a naughty boy or a naughty girl. No, no, no. Because he has set his love upon me, because you love God, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. When he calls upon me, I will answer him. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Come on, church, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise for his promises. Amen. These are the promises of God for you and for me. Promises of God. So what do we do as believers in Christ in this time and season? Well, we stand on the Word of God. We declare the Word of God. We get on with our lives in the confidence of God's protection upon us as He has promised. We don't give in to fear. We don't give in to anxiety. And as we keep doing that, we will become a testimony to the world around us and a source of peace. Jesus says, peace I give you. My peace I live with you. We are to be a source of peace to those whose paths we cross in this time and season. Calm their spirits down. Generate faith in God in them. And some of them, it may be an opportunity for you to lead them to Jesus. The church needs to be Jesus at this time. You and I need to set the pace. And that's what needed right now. Amen. If you believe that, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise this morning in the house of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. If it has blessed you, get in contact with us by visiting our website at www.victorycenton.co.za.